0: As I was busy preparing your indictment briefings on each of the 19 defendants required to surrender themselves in Fulton County, Georgia, by noon on Friday, I glanced at my newsfeed, and lo and behold, the Russian oligarchy of Jenny Prigozhin had been killed in a plane crash. Prigozhin was the owner of the private mercenary army, the Wagner Group, that has been a significant force in the assault on Ukraine. You may remember that a few months ago, back on June 23rd, Prigozhin marched his private army off the battlefield in Ukraine and pointed it toward Moscow and what was reported as a coup attempt against Vladimir Putin. But Prigozhin was actually coming for the generals running the war in Ukraine. He had been complaining for months about the Russian Defense Ministry's mismanagement of the war. Back in April, he said, It's a complete mess everywhere. There's no discipline. The Army has everything, but there is absolutely no control. While there is an absolute paranoid gap between that which is happening in the trenches and that which they know and think about in headquarters. He accused the Russian Defense Ministry of launching artillery, rocket, and helicopter attacks against Wagner Group in Ukraine, killing many of his men. These are Wagner lads who died today, he said. The blood is still fresh. They came here as volunteers and are dying so you can sit like fat cats in your luxury offices. By June 23rd, he'd had enough. He turned his troops around from Ukraine and marched them toward Moscow. And the world saw it as a coup attempt on Vladimir Putin. It was the most significant threat he ever faced in his 23 years in power. Prigozhin seized a mid-sized military base in the Russian city of Rostan-on-Don, about 125 miles south of Moscow. He met little resistance from the military base located there, as he has mythical status among young Russian soldiers for training up an elite, tightly run private army and for his bluster about its strength and merciless lethality, as well as his willingness to use it all over the world. He'd also created a culture in Wagner Group around the ancient Slavic mythology and symbols of the warriors who were his troops' proud ancestors. Wagner was named at its inception in 2014 by Prigozhin's trusted commander who had an affinity for Hitler. Wagner was Hitler's favorite composer, and you know Wagner. His piece, The Rite of the Valkyries, has become almost the stereotypical soundtrack to any military tour de force. Krugosian recruited soldiers to Wagner Group straight out of Russian prisons. Besides being a major force in Ukraine, Wagner Group has fought in Syria, Chechnya, and several civil wars in African nations to advance the interests of the motherland with plausible deniability. It's Russian troops, but not really. For all his bluster, after seizing a Russian military base and even shooting down six Russian aircraft dispatched from Moscow to stop him, killing all 13 of their crew members, Prigozhin changed his mind. He turned his troops around. Putin appeared visibly shaken and surprised when he appeared on Russian TV after the mutiny and called it an act of treason. The biggest mystery surrounding Purgosian's death is why did it take so long? The world predicted polonium tea or Novichok or perhaps a fall out of a 10th story window that didn't come. A Russian general who is thought to have had advanced knowledge of the mutiny disappeared within days. But on August 23rd, Two months exactly to the day that Prigozhin marched on Moscow, he succumbed to a Soviet-style demise, a plane crash. It's important to note that the U.S. military is saying they have no evidence that the plane was shot down. But one of its wings and its tail simply separated from the plane in mid-flight and what is likely an explosion set off from inside the plane and it spiraled to earth, killing all 10 people on board. And we may never know. It will be spun however Vladimir Putin chooses to spin it. So why Prigozhin for your indictment briefing on the deadline day for the Georgia defendants to surrender themselves? Well, for one thing, you can watch the Georgia defendants surrender themselves to Fulton County on TV. And the reality is, we have plenty of time before any trials start to cover them all. For another, Russia shenanigans figure prominently in your upcoming briefing on Roger Stone. Video of him surfaced this week detailing the false elector scheme one day after the 2020 election, before the states had even certified their results. It's a serious blow to the Trump campaign's argument that the false elector scheme was a response to massive voter fraud that they uncovered in the aftermath of the election. But mainly, Yevgeny Prigozhin had a federal warrant outstanding for him in the U.S., which resulted from Robert Mueller's investigation into Russian interference into the 2016 election. You need to know about that to fully understand the implications of his death. Because those implications will affect the 2024 election. So here's your briefing. Prigozhin was a petty criminal who did jail time as a young man for theft. After getting out of jail, he sold hot dogs on the street, where he met Putin, who befriended him as a frequent customer of his hot dog stand on lunch break from his nearby government job. Prigozhin eventually opened a restaurant in his and Putin's hometown, and Putin became a regular customer and a friend. Putin even took George Bush Jr. there when he visited Russia. Prigozhin became known as Putin's chef, and he was frequently photographed at events at the Kremlin that he catered. Putin bestowed oligarchy and fabulous wealth upon Prigozhin, by giving him the contracts to supply food to Russian schools and its military. Oligarchs have a fair amount of freedom to advance Putin's agenda, and they ingratiate themselves by coming up with creative ways to do it. In 2014, when Prigozhin started Wagner Group to advance Russia's interests around the world, he also started an entity just as dangerous and far more insidious the Russian troll farm that would exploit divisions among the U.S. population to sway the outcome of the U.S. presidential election to Russia's advantage. Putin always said that you could defeat America without firing a single shot simply by turning its population against itself. The Russians didn't particularly care who was president only that the candidate be favorable to Russia. Obama had placed heavy sanctions on Russia for its 2014 invasion of Ukraine, where the Wagner Group cut its teeth. Obama placed further sanctions on Russia, expelled the entire Russian embassy from the U.S., and closed two summer homes their diplomats use in DC and New York before he left office when it was discovered that Russian intelligence services were behind the hack of DNC emails and provided them to Julian Assange to be released by WikiLeaks just before the 2016 election. Putin also had a personal animosity to Obama's Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, because she necessarily was involved in the U.S. sanctions on Russia, but also because she publicly encouraged the Arab Spring uprising for democracy when it trickled into Russia. When it became apparent that she would be the Democratic candidate for president in 2016, Kurgosian's trolls at the Internet Research Agency began to work against her and for whoever would run against her. According to the indictment, Kregosian's troll farm expressly supported Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders, and Jill Stein in the 2016 election, and disparaged Hillary Clinton, as well as other Republican candidates like Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. They conducted what Robert Mueller's investigation called information warfare on the U.S. Their goal was to spread quote, distrust toward the candidates and the political system in general, end quote. They traveled to the U.S. under false pretenses to do research. They created hundreds of fake social media accounts, and in some cases, stole real people's identities to create accounts. They ran thousands of fake political ads and articles. They made millions of social media posts, mainly on Facebook and Twitter, in the run up to the 2016 election. They created hashtags like hashtag TrumpTrain and hashtag Hillary for Prison. They even managed to goad people they personally engage with on Twitter and Facebook to organize real life rallies around their messaging. The indictment cites one example in which they used a Facebook group they created called United Muslims of America to organize a rally called Support Hillary, Save American Muslims. And then they recruited a real U.S. person to hold up a prominent sign at the rally displaying a fake quote from Hillary Clinton that said, I think Sharia law will be a powerful new direction of freedom. They fueled racial tensions in the U.S. by creating fake activist groups like Blacktivists to spur Black Lives Matter protests. At one point, Blacktivists created in Russia by a troll trying to stir up his daily quota of dissension had even more Facebook followers than Black Lives Matter. Robert Mueller warned us that we were under attack by Russia. And that attack came from Yevgeny Prigozhin's Internet Research Agency, Troll Farm. The Justice Department agreed with Mueller, and in 2018, it indicted Prigozhin, his companies, including the Internet Research Agency, and 12 of its employees for conspiracy to defraud the United States. When Prigozhin was interviewed after the indictment by The Guardian about his interference with the 2016 election, he responded, I will answer you very subtly and delicately. And I apologize, I will allow a certain ambiguity. Gentlemen, we interfered, we interfere, and we will interfere carefully, precisely, surgically, and in our own way, as we know how. During our pinpoint operations, we will remove both kidneys and the liver at once. I figure that Prigozhin, being the founder and funder of one of the most powerful secret weapons ever to hit us, was what kept Putin from offing him after his failed mutiny. Putin had accepted Belarus's resolution to Prigozhin's mutiny. Prigozhin would be exiled to Belarus, and Wagner Group would be disbanded and absorbed into the Russian military. But that didn't last. Indeed, Prigozhin was returning from a BRIC conference in South Africa. BRIC is an alliance between Brazil, Russia, India, China, and now South Africa with interest in developing trade with African nations. Putin couldn't go himself due to his own international indictment for removing children from Ukraine and sending them to Russia. But alas, Prigozhin's secret weapon wasn't powerful enough to save him. No one ever really thought it would be. In remarks the day after the plane crash, Vladimir Putin said of him, I knew Prigozhin for a very long time, since the early 90s. He was a man with a complex destiny, and he made serious mistakes in life. He achieved the results he needed for both himself and, when I asked him, for the common cause. It now remains to be seen how his death and the loss of his funding the Internet Research Agency will affect the 2024 presidential election.